you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode 28. So the big question is this, how do parents like us know that we aren't messing up the biggest role of our lives, especially when we happen to have a strong-willed child that's constantly pushing our buttons? We've all heard that kids don't come with a manual. So how can we know for sure that we're saying the right things or that we're getting this parenting thing right? Well, on this podcast for parents of toddlers to teens, we'll be giving you real tools you can use right away so that your kids will feel like they can talk to you about absolutely anything and everything. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast, where we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. Well, hi, guys. Welcome to today's episode. Today, we're going to discuss three reasons why your combos are unproductive. So as many of you know, I teach a method called the productive conversation, which I'm constantly tweaking and iterating and figuring out how to teach it to you guys um, in even a more effective way. I've recently come up with a new acronym, and uh, I call it the SAP process. So S is seeing their perspective, A is active listening, and P is problem solving. And unlike what we think of when we think of somebody who's being a sap, we're being the opposite of a sap when we learn how to soften into empathy and truly have a productive conversation with our kids. It's anything other than sappy. It's actually connecting and bonding and it's everything in the world to be proud of when you have these productive conversations with your kids. So if you've been having trouble remembering the steps, there's a reason because I hadn't come up with the acronym yet. So we want to soften into these productive conversations by embracing our inner sap rather than showing up in this firm, tough love lecturing way, which just hardens everything, hardens your relationship and causes all kinds of unproductive results. So that being said, what we're going to talk about today is some of the common mistakes I see and why our conversations are unproductive, even when we think we're doing this process, okay? So in this, in this conversation, what I want to cover is I want to cover what, and, and I even wrote in the show notes, I think that <clears throat> this may end up pissing some of you guys off because I'm going to cover some things and there are mistakes that you're making and you're not even thinking about it. And it's 
it's just because it's the way we were programmed. Like I was speaking to a group of teachers recently and, and this one woman she was talking about, she was kind of a grandmother, you know, grandmotherly type. And she said, but what about when they have misbehaviors? Don't you teach any discipline? And I said, I absolutely teach discipline. The definition of discipline is to teach. We think of discipline and punishment synonymously. And punishment is about making someone pay. It's an act of retribution. And what we know about kids 12 and younger, they don't learn when they are in a state of punishment, when there is fear involved, when they're not in their prefrontal lobe, their thinking brain. They don't learn. So they're not going to alter their future behavior based on punishment and fear tactics, okay? They're going to be appropriately disciplined. We're going to be able to teach them when we teach them and they're in their thinking brain. How do we get them into their thinking brain so we can think, so we can teach them all the things, especially when they've shown up with a lot of misbehaviors, unsavory behaviors, acting out, letting us know how unregulated they are on the inside. We have to get them into their thinking brain so we can teach them this stuff and then they can improve their behavior. We do it through a productive conversation. She, once I explained it, she was like, okay, I get it. And I said, and look, I know, like we're stuck in this punishment model, but when a kid has all these, you know, sucky behaviors and we really just want to punish them. We want them to pay. Like, you cannot act that way. You cannot treat me this way. I get it. I'm there with you. And we have to remember it's ineffective. We're wasting our breath and all, and we're actually damaging our relationship. We're not just wasting our breath. We're making it so that it's going to be even harder for them to be willing to learn the things from us if if we you know if we continue that model because they don't trust us and they see us on on opposing teams and so why would they want to learn anything from us so all it ends up doing is we they act out they're jerky we punish them they're beating up on their brother they're beating up on their sister they're speaking to us disrespectfully they're blah 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 you know the list goes on and on and we punish them and it causes them to shut down and not trust us and not be willing to learn anything from us. And then they just get sneaky. They just continue acting the way they've been acting and maybe even acting that way more so because we're not on, they don't see us as on their team. So they kind of want to do things. They're pissed at us for not helping them. Because kids do well if they can, as Dr. Ross Green starts to say. So when they show up with all these unsavory behaviors and we're just punishing and admonishing them and we're not helping them, they get super pissed at us. And so then a lot of times they're going to do those behaviors more the minute our back is turned and we accidentally reinforce the behaviors we want to get rid of. And I know none of us are thinking about this because we are in such a punishment-driven society. So what I want to say is 
the mistakes we're making and the reasons our conversations are unproductive is because you're not having a productive conversation. You're really just having a lecture in disguise and you have an agenda and your kid did X, Y, and Z or they're not doing well in science or they're, they spoke to you disrespectfully or whatever it is and you're, you're trying, you're thinking, I need to show up and teach them appropriate behavior, but you're really just trying to fix it and lecture. And so it's remaining unproductive. So mistake number one we have is control and a hidden agenda. They act it out and we're thinking, I cannot have a kid acting this way. I cannot have a kid speaking in this disrespectful tone to me. What if they go out into the world? What if they speak to their teachers this way? What if they speak to other parents this way? What if they speak this way to their grandparents? I'm never going to hear the end of it. So we have this hidden agenda. And we have this kid that's been, you know, having a fresh mouth, as my mom, my, my New York mom liked to say. Um, and we're thinking, I got to teach this kid how to speak correctly and how, you know, what's acceptable behavior. So we go in and we've learned, we're like, oh, Randy taught me this productive conversation. Okay, I need to apologize first. I need to see his perspective and I can, I can see his perspective and I can get him to really listen to me if I do that thing she teaches, which is the apology. And the whole, the thing with the apology, you guys, it's really just ownership on your part. Um, and it's a pattern disruption. It's not what our kids are expecting. They're not, they're expecting us to give them a lecture because that's what we've done and we have this whole agenda. So maybe even you come in and you convey that you see their perspective and you even own your role and there's some form of an apology, okay? You guys came to blows. They spoke to you disrespectfully. You lashed out back and then you come in. You're like, hey, listen, I want to talk to you about earlier. You do step one right. You see their perspective. You apologize. And then you move into the active listening piece. But the thing is, they're, they don't trust you. They know you have a hidden agenda. They know you're a fixer. They know you want to control them and they want to get you, that you want to get them to behave a certain way. And the reason they behave that way in the first place was because there was something going on on the inside that, you know, kids act the way on the outside, the way they do on the inside. So there was something going on in the inside that, um, that they clearly didn't have a handle on. Kids do well if they can. So they acted out. So now you're just trying to, to, you know, control and teach them why it's not appropriate to speak that way. And, they're, they're on to you. They, they know. They're like, you know, she's not asking me enough questions. She doesn't really care to find out what was underneath all of those kind of misbehaviors. And so we, were, we go to step two, the A in the SAT process. We've seen their perspective. We've even apologized and owned our role. And then we go into active listening and we have a shut down kid because they don't trust us. They know we have an agenda and they don't share anything. And so you're sitting there and the next thing you know, you're telling them w what they should do, what you're, 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 you go into problem solving and you start telling them, well, next time, why don't you do this? Or maybe you could try that. And you go into problem solving and you haven't done active listening. You haven't held space. You haven't let them know that you truly get it. 
And so then you have a totally shut down kid and, and the conversation doesn't progress and they may even be super defensive. So why are they super defensive? Because they're on to you. They are on to you and no one wants to be controlled. I say, uh, you know, we, we control is a, like, it's like you own someone and, and childhood is not about ownership. Like, Slavery is about ownership. We don't own our children. So our children don't want to be controlled. What they do want to be is empathized with in the right way. They do want to feel like they're not in this thing, this life all alone. And when they are showing up with unregulated behaviors, they want to know that we're their soft place to land. They want to know that we want to get it. They want to know that we're here to help them. And until we actively listen and truly hold space and let them know I get it. They're going to be defensive. They're going to shut down. You don't move on to the P in the SAP process, the problem solving, the part where we get to share our perspective, share our wisdom, offer some, you know, options for solutions. We don't get to go there unless we've earned the right and we only earn the right when we have empathized through seeing their perspective and conveying it and held space through active listening. Your child will be defensive unless you get that right. So if they continue to be defensive, it means you do not move on to the problem solving. These conversations quite often, they take on a life of their own and they, can, they, they don't wrap up in one nice, neat little moment. So controlling a hidden agenda is number one. And, and a lot of times what it looks like is when someone comes to me and they say, well, but how do I get my child to do X, Y, and Z? That's always a sure sign of control. And that's always going to lead to an unproductive lecture. Getting your child to do something means that you think you actually have the power and the control to get them to do something. And even if you get them to do something, like get them to stay in their room or, you know, or get them to apologize to their sister or brother, it doesn't mean they're learning anything. All they're doing is acting like a robot and going through the motions because you've scared them and feared them into submission. And that behavior, that unsavory behavior, because you didn't get to the root of it and you didn't use empathy to let your kid know that you're on their team, that behavior is going to come back again and again with a vengeance. So the second mistake we typically make is lecturing. It's not a productive conversation when there is a lecture involved, when you're the one doing all the talking, when you're not holding space and encouraging your child to talk and to let you know they get it, when you're not just being quiet and sending your child the message that they are so worth it and so worthy to be listened to, to be heard. So when you just get quiet, you don't have any solutions, and you just let them know I'm here with you, that is truly what helps people to feel good enough. Like I'm a person who is worthy of being heard. And so therefore, I trust you. You just 
showed me, you showed up for me, you held space for me, you let me know that I'm a person that is worthy of being heard. So when we go into this whole, like, I need to just teach them the stuff, teach them the stuff, it's really a lecture and it makes, it makes our children not feel heard and understood. And um, they're going to get defensive and they're not going to trust us. It's not going to be a productive conversation. And number three is that you're in the parent gap, the gap between the parent you want to be and the parent you currently are during triggered moments. And you're super triggered and you're not working on what's going on for you in your brain. You're not mastering your mind. You're not digging up the roots of why am I so damn triggered right now? You're not building your own self-awareness. Instead, you're channeling all that energy into attempting to fix your child and teach them all the things. If you're in the gap and you're being triggered, there's stuff to be figured out. I promise you it is way more worthwhile to focus your energy on your own self-awareness and your own brain and understanding what the heck is triggering me so much right now and where is this coming from? What are the roots? So you can keep things in check and in perspective. That is way more productive than putting all of your effort and energy into trying to control your child. Like thinking, you know, why, why, what am I, you know, what am I missing? Like, what is my child's perspective right now? We're really going, like, to be able to go there and to say, like, my kid is only acting this way because they feel this way on the inside. That's you recognizing that this behavior has nothing to do with you. It's, it's just your child showing you the way they feel on the inside. So when you're not doing that and you're just trying to get them to behave a certain way because it's going to make your life easier without stepping back and digging in and really beginning the conversation from seeing their perspective and being an investigator versus just trying to shut it down, like that's you not doing your own work and you can't teach what you don't have. Like you got to do, you got to dig in to your own brain before you can help your child manage their brain and their behavior. Do y'all see that? So, so, so the three mistakes we make are number one, we think we're having a productive conversation, but we really have a hidden agenda and we're showing up with a lot of underlying control. We want to control our kids. We want to get them to behave a certain way rather than getting to the root of why they're behaving this way and understanding that there's something to figure out and letting them know we're here for you. I'm here for you. I get that something's going on for you. And I am here for you. I'm not just going to try and band-aid this problem and try and control you and get you to behave a certain way. I'm going to help get on underneath so you can actually feel better on the inside. Because when you feel better on the inside, then you'll behave better. And the second mistake we make is it's not a productive conversation. It's a lecture in disguise. And um, it's time to stop fooling yourself and to admit when you have a hidden agenda and to admit when you're not seeing your kid's perspective and admit when you're just trying to just shortcut it, short, you know, take a shortcut and, and, and lecture and tell them all the ways that they need to behave that's going to make your life easier. It's a lecture 
they're not productive. And the third is you're in the gap. You're in the parent gap. And, um, as, you know, adults can only help kids manage their behavior when we're managing our own behavior first. So if you're triggered and in the gap, the way to close that gap is to study your own mind and to build your own self-awareness and to truly work on that. And if you guys want help in doing that, in learning my theory, I wrote my, I really honestly wrote The Parent Gap for that reason. I wrote the book because I wanted people to have a, a, a fun introduction to how to do this mind mastery work and to close that gap. And I know that most people don't read parenting books because they're boring. Um, and so I really wrote it in a way where it's all, it's a story, you know, it's a bunch of different stories. And so I teach the tool for the mind mastery piece to close the gap through a story. And then I share a tool, very practical tool. And if you guys like listening to my podcast, I think you'll like the book too, because, um, because I really speak in my language. I'm not a clinician. I'm a real mom in the trenches who has developed this recipe and, um, and not even methodically. It just, this, this just kind of happened over the last 20 years, but I wrote it to help people. And so if you're ready to start studying your brain and mastering your mind, I would highly encourage you to get the parent gap. Um, we do have it as an audio book. You can, you can get the hard copy, you can get the audio book, um, but there's a couple of different ways that you can, I think in the show notes, we have a link to be able to get that book. So that's what I've got for you guys today and um, hope this was helpful. Would love, love, love to hear from you and I hope you guys have a great week. Hey, did you enjoy this episode? If so, then please take two minutes to just leave us a review. I love creating this show and I do it to help as many families as possible. So leaving a review may seem like kind of a pointless exercise, but it actually helps us reach more moms who might really need to hear these episodes. It would mean the world to me. And plus, it's just plain good karma. Thanks. Hey, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Mastermind Parenting Podcast is supported by my best-selling book, The Parent Gap. Usually getting a copy of the book and the audio version for you to listen to on the go would set you back around 20 bucks, but you can get both a digital copy and the audio book for just $5.60. It's my gift to you for being one of my podcast listeners. So head over to mastermindparenting.com forward slash book to grab your copy.